Welcome to the Original Doll Podcast. I am your host, James Rodriguez Horton. On the Original Doll Podcast, I unpackage pop music with the people who created it, all while giving back to charity. So I want you to sit back, relax, as I present you with the newest episode featuring Britney Spears producer and songwriter Joshua Schwartz as we talk about a few Britney Spears demos. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is The Original Doll. <laughs> the Original Doll. What do you think about your your time with Britney? You know, how did your idea of Britney or her music or anything, how did it change from getting that call in October of 2000 saying, we need a Christmas song, can you do this, you know, to the In The Zone era project? So how how how, did your, how does my mind process? Yeah, yeah, how, did, well, how did you, did your mind change of Britney, the artist, prior to working with her to after working with her? I mean, I would think I was the first time because she was the biggest star on the planet. And here I am like a nobody, right? I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I still don't know what I'm doing. Let's face it, I'm 46. I don't know what I'm doing. But I, I was, you know, <laughs> self-deprecation from a Jew. I uh, We did our thing, you know, I knew that Christmas song was really cool. I knew we, we pulled off what we wanted to pull off. We wanted something kind of classic and old. And you know what? It, I guess it became a classic. It, it became a classic Christmas song where people, everybody knows the song. Everybody knows it. You know, my daughter was at the gym the other day and was like, oh, that's my dad wrote that. And people, nobody leaves her anyway. I said, don't bother. Nobody's going to believe you. But it became like a part of the Christmas canon, as they call it, like a classic pop Christmas song. And then, you know, you get to In the Zone. And yeah, I mean, we got to know her pretty well over the course of those four or five years. She's just, she's a hard worker. She's a nice girl. Um, I think her voice, I think she stopped singing over that course of time. She realized it could be fixed in the computer and she was probably, I don't know if she was smoking or drinking or, or hanging. I'm not sure. I don't want to speculate because that's not fair to her. Um, I don't really know. I just know that she relied more on the, that sound because that's what was hot at the time. Um, to fix things later. So we were, you know, but when we did the third album, she sang. And a lot of, I noticed some of the things I've read about what we did with her was that we made her sing. And she had no problem singing those things at all. She had a great voice. She just had a really unique sound, but she sang them. And Lonely was a couple of takes anticipating. And her voice, it, over the time, it, when you rely on the machinery, I don't know how else to call it, the, the computer, and the, you, you slowly lose your muscle, it's like working out and being all cut and then you stop working out and then you lose some of your muscle tone. That's probably what happened here. And that, that's what I remember from the time we started to the time we ended, she sang less and it became more of a, you know, the sound became more computerized and stuff, like more of a speech, sound like a speaking spell. But her tone never went away. You know, it's her, you know, it's her. But um, I, I think that was the biggest change from when we did the Christmas song 
through Brittany, through in the zone. And then, you know, she moved on and started working with people outside of the Jive world. Because Jive never wanted any producers from outside. Uh, when the company sold, nobody gave it. And that's when that started. When, when Clive sold the company in 2003, 2004, and then everything changed hands uh, and they Universal bought it, they started bringing in other producers. You know? If Clive was there, the, the fourth and fifth and sixth albums would have still been made in house. It would have still been, it probably still would have been that way. Well, I, I would think. And that was one of those things where when she got injured on the set of Outrageous, the music video, the jive was like, oh, we need to push out a product. And they pushed out the greatest hits and they were looking for all these songs that were worked on during In the Zone, which ended up being like the My Prerogative cover, right. you know, all these other these other songs. Right. Was there any conversation though, because that was still during the In the Zone era, was there any conversation where they would come back to you and say, hey, do you have any other Britney material that we could add on to this? Yeah. Yeah, that happened all the time because our publisher, we had the best publisher, we had Steve, but then Steve became AR, Eric Beale became our publisher, um, who was an awesome guy. And um, it probably happened. They probably called and said, What do you have? Can you work on it? Can you make it work? There was a song we wrote. Uh... Hopping out quickly to remind you to join me on Instagram, the.original.doll, and the website, www.theoriginaldoll.com. And we're going to be having all sorts of merchandise up to keep this podcast going and free internationally. Uh, I do, in fact, work with uh, songwriters, producers to make sure we can get you exclusive content. So we need funds to come in to help create uh, that extra space on servers, everything to keep this going. Don't forget, we also give back. So once again, add me, Instagram, thought.original.doll. All right, back to the show. Yeah, we never we never took those old songs and tried to do anything with them because you really can't. If it's Britney's, it's Britney's. It just feels like Britney. Yeah, I was going to say, and it probably it's so so much her, her vibe, her, her oh, energy. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about like New Religion? Like that was... Oh, New Religion was... Um, yeah, yeah, it was like an erasure kind of thing. I, I don't see it on this drive. I'm like looking on here and i don't see it i don't it was um the drive is like freezing up on me here that drive is like i'm 20 years old stop (laughs) i probably backed it up to god so much stuff on here um all music so it was just that was the time period she you know god 20 years ago everything 20 years prior was cool so everybody wanted to go kind of 80s. And uh, that was that would have been 40 years ago now, which is terrifying. Uh, so we were thinking like Erasure. We were thinking, they kept telling us like Prince. So we were playing around with some ideas, but they didn't say Vanity Six Prince. They said Prince. And we were just thinking more like Purple Rain Prince, which was when Prince went kind of a little bit, some people would say corny. Um, it wasn't corny, of course, but uh, Vanity Six was a lot more of that what the Neptunes did, let's face it, you know, with boys, that felt more Vanity Six Prince. And and that's so, what they ended up so then was, going with on, on So that. then New Religion was for the Britney project, not the In The Zone one. Because the In The Zone, or Britney was slave for you with the Neptunes. And In The Zone I think, was- I think it was for In The Zone. It was In The Zone. Because I remember recording it in New York. And I remember her just in the middle of it going, Y'all, I don't think this is going to work. And we were like, okay, cool. Let's move on. And we moved on to something else. I love, you know, so. See, I love that where it's like you try it out. And and the thing is, I think people think every time you open your mouth or put a pen to paper, that it's going to be the most perfect thing ever. 
and never no no uh, yeah that doesn't happen a lot of times we kill stuff and you know she loved it in the beginning and I, I i vaguely remember again this is memories that are 20 years old uh she didn't like it or for whatever reason all of us weren't just we just weren't feeling it so we just moved on to something else and we probably recorded don't hang up or something like that that same day from what i can remember it was around that same time don't hang up was in the zone yep, right it was Okay, so then it was definitely in the zone for New Religion, for sure. Because I remember it was like the same sort of, we were experimenting with the Moog, you know, with the with the Brave New Girl, we had the Moog in there, the Moog, whatever they call it. Um, all those sounds, those 80s sounds, that was not, that was not the Britney record. We were doing more ah. like the, yeah, those sounds would have definitely been more in the zone because we went shopping and bought some new synths for that album. I remember going to the place on 30, it was like by Madison Square Garden where there was a vintage synth store and we bought like a Moog and we bought a bunch of shit, like Korg stuff that had these funky sounds to uh, experiment with, you know, to uh, to make some different sounds that, that were going to stick out. We wanted it to feel 80s, so we bought some original, we had like a Juno 106, and if you're familiar with that, and then and then a, I know we bought the Moog Voyager, which was a fortune. Those things are like three thousand dollars, and we were just playing around with sounds. So so it makes sense that that was when we bought the vocoder. Yeah, we literally just went shopping. We're like, let's just buy a bunch of weird shit from the '80s, and let's see, let's just use it and limit ourselves to those things, and see what what happens. We could always add a little two thousands to it, but that was, I think, the that was, I think, the vibe at the time. Were there any times it was it was to do that when you were working on these projects where, like, "Slave for You" comes out, let's say for the third album, "Slave for You" comes out in September, and the album doesn't get released until November. Was there? And she was very much almost always a November release because, like, mm-hmm. "In the Zone" was also like the fall release. Was yeah, I guess it was. Yeah. Was there a point where you're still working on? mixing or tracks or anything while the first single for that project is out or were you guys pretty much done by the time that the first single comes out i guess i have to look at the dates i I would think you're probably still in mastering for some of it they probably master the single first if they know what it's gonna be they would have it mastered down downtown at um i can't remember if it was bob ludwig i can't remember who mastered it or tom coin it was one of those guys. Battery, who was mastered that battery mastering? Chaz Harper? Oh, Chaz Harper might have mastered it then. Chaz, yeah, he was an engineer at Battery Studios and then they opened up battery mastering in the 2000s. Might have been Chaz. It might have been. They Sometimes they would have him do the record and then the singles would be done by somebody that masters at a higher level, like a Bob Ludwig or a uh, or a Tom Coyne or someone like that. And so for this, no, so how do you, as a, as a songwriter and producer, I keep going to this in the zone thing, because you're also on the DVD, Don't Hang Up is on that DVD. And I don't know if you know, you're on the, where's that? The Britney Spears Oops Greatest Hits. Do you know what that is? No, no, I just know the albums. Oh my God, look at that wall of stuff. That's just, that's just Britney. There you go, from the. That's just Britney. <laughs> here's what's on here yeah you're on here several times it's yeah. uh brave new girl the hookup don't hang up one kiss from you anticipating that's where you take me oh, wow. showdown wow um what it's like to be me that was justin and uh, wade yeah i remember that so then let me ask you this we talked about this before uh the listeners haven't heard this yet but after in the zone 
you all weren't working with Brittany again. Brittany pretty much stopped working with what, for you, how did that happen? How did that occur? Like, how did you, were you thinking, hey, we might be working on the fifth album or anything like that? I think the entire crew surrounding her was dismissed, if you will. Uh, she stopped working with Larry Rudolph. Uh, at that time, right, uh, there was that guy who was a creep, and, and that was the guy. So Larry was fired uh, temporarily for a little while. Um, so that was, he was our attorney. Um, and the A&R guy that was working with her, Steve Lunt, um, I believe, left Jive Records and went over to Atlantic Records. So it, it, it became someone else over there, and I can't remember who A&R did. She might have, I don't remember who was A&R her. It might have been somebody, one a different executive. And we just didn't have the same relationships uh, with with that A&R person, nor who I've never met before. So, and then and then shortly after the that that in the zone, I would say like a year later is when everything kind of hit the fan. Yep. With the with the the the, the famous umbrella picture and the uh, mm-hmm. and the and the head shaving, which you know is what it is. I, I I never knew Brittany to be you know anything other than very very sweet, hard worker. Uh, but I mean, I guess happens you know you're gonna melt down at some point we've all been there so um that's that's kind of when we lost touch it would have been cool to uh continue that but i guess that's kind of when that happened but we wrote well together we had we had fun uh that was the last time i'd spoken to her was around that that time and what's what's been great is me going back through all of these old britney interviews from 2000 to like 2005 is how much she talked about feeling. And I think in the, I think it's Brittany. Yeah, I think it's the Brittany liner notes where she's like, you know, thank you, Josh and Brian. You created a, a, we use the word, the term safe space now, but that's the only thing I could think of. You created a space for her. There's a little little cocoon where she could be herself. And we weren't, we weren't, we're not, Brian and I aren't, how do I put this? It doesn't matter. I don't care anymore. We're, we're not star. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. We're just trying to get the best out of her and the best out of ourselves. And we're not stars. Like, I'm not going to sit there and stroke. Like, we would, if something was bad, we would all look at each other and laugh. Like, oh, God, that was terrible. She would start laughing. Brian would start laughing. I'd start laughing. We had fun. It was just, we weren't, it wasn't Britney Spears and us. It was just like three people. Just, we were friendly and hanging out and having, um, you know, we were just eating and working and it was just fun. It wasn't really like, yeah, I'm not a star, man. That's not my thing. I, I don't want to hang out with people. I don't give a shit. I just like making records and go home. I, I, I was never that guy at the party. I loved, by the way, uh, somebody had messaged me. They were like, uh, Josh's like explanation of Lady Gaga's panty party was amazing. Hey, we're making a song about panties <laughs> at a party. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> This is what this is what it is. I'm in. You know, and I'm in. And she told us she had parties she went to in her panties. And that was like she performs in her panties. So it's like, okay, I guess we're writing a song about that. Hopping out of the interview with Josh Schwartz, I wanted to talk a little bit about that um that demo, that new religion, that unreleased song, if you will, is many times the songwriters and producers that I've had on the show have talked about, you know. Here's the hot sheet. This is what they're looking for. This is who's looking. This is who the style that they want. They want a, a kind of this vein of song. And what I think has been interesting is learning about these influences. And something that I wanted to 
remind people of, or the first-time listeners, if you haven't heard this before, Britney Spears always gives credit to those people who inspired her, those people that shaped who she is as a performer, as a singer, as a recording artist. She talks about everyone from Michael Jackson to Prince to Mariah Carey to Janet, all of these people. And what I've appreciated in this is you can see interviews from, you know, two decades ago where she's giving props to other artists. One of the things that I really liked about Britney Spears from interviews and things like that is she acknowledges other people. Oftentimes you don't hear anyone acknowledging who they were influenced by, you know, or their peers for that matter. Britney has talked about Pink and Christina Aguilera. She's talked about Beyonce. She's talked about all of these other people, Avril Lavigne. And not many of the the other artists at whatever time you'd ever really hear speaking highly of Britney Spears. And some people are like, well, Christina is the far better singer. And, you know, Beyonce is the better performer. This and that. It's You can like whoever you want to like. What I like on top of Britney Spears, because I think she's talented and a hard worker, is you would hear her speak more positively about her influences than negatively, which I think that really shows who she was and who she is. And it's been fun to hear these stories about, oh, she wanted to work with this person. Or when we talked in the episode about That's Where You Take Me, she was inspired by Craig David, that two-step sound. And I think it's it's fun. And that's why on the Original Doll podcast, I've enjoyed sharing that. Because here's the thing. These songs were created by many people. It does take a village. There were people behind, not just Josh and, and his uh, you know partner, Brian, creating the stuff with Britney. There's those people mastering. There's the violinist. There's the orchestra. There's the NR person. You know, there's the label. There's a lot of people that go into this. And something that I found really interesting and what I want people to think about is this. Josh said for the longest time, and I talked about this from the first ever episode of the Original Doll podcast, Clive Calder, the head of, you know, Jive, he wanted to keep everything in the house. He wanted all the money coming in to keep going back in and being used within that house. So many times people are like, why didn't Brittany work with this person? Why didn't they work with that person? Chances are it's because of that, because of the limitations. When we hear Britney is performing and creating a song with this person who you might not know, you go, what is the connection? If you look, you might find out they're from the same publishing company. They're from the same record label, the same distributor. There's almost always a reason why those features, those producers, those songwriters are there. Not saying 100% of the time that this is a specific reason because they're all within the same family, if you will. But that's a huge part of it. The other thing is with these Britney Spears unreleased songs, you know, Josh for, you know, two decades now has been has been very tight-lipped about this. We just talked about New Religion. And I'm going to talk about two other songs that were created. Um, I cut those parts out uh, as Josh was <laughs> singing both of those songs. And because we like to protect the privacy of, of these individuals, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about them. Now, there were two other songs that were created, and they were created early on in the In The Zone pre-production. Okay, One of them was called Reminded. All right, And Josh sang a little bit of it. And what's interesting is it reminded me a lot of, reminded, reminded me a lot of that kind of um, every time vibe with some of the lyrics. 
And so sometimes it might sound similar to something that was already created. The other one was um, kind of tentatively titled as uh, Bring It Back Yesterday or Bring Back Yesterday. And he said in both of those cases, and this is what I liked, he said, we tried it out, just like New Religion. We tried it out. It didn't work. They just stopped. So these songs were not ever fully flushed out or anything. And so for those who are like, oh, there's a New Religion song written by Josh for Gia. And no, it was song titles can be used over and over and over again. They're not the same. And I've seen this with Bring um, Bring Me Home. Many people had posted a, an instrumental that they created on AI and said, we have the exclusive or this is definitely the song. No, it just happened to be a song with the same name. And people just created that quote-unquote demo. That was not the case. So in songs like these, these three songs that were created for In The Zone, they worked on, and it just didn't work. And what I like about Josh is, Josh is one of the few people who I've seen in the whole pop realm who are like, yeah, we worked on it, it didn't work. Many other people are like, oh no, I worked on it, and then it was definitely a Britney Spears you know, demo, and this is why I'm releasing it to the world. Not everything released was something Britney wanted to release. She could have gone in the studio, started working on it, and just said, you know what? It's not, it doesn't, it's not vibing with me. The other thing, too, is that Britney Spears talked about during the time from Britney to In The Zone, everything had increased excessively. The amount of touring that she was going to do, the amount of promo that she was going to do. She was branching out to more and more branding. Whereas during the Britney time, where she was on set working on the Crossroads movie and songs and working with vocal coaches once in the zone came around the time that she had free became fewer and fewer between like i created an excel spreadsheet in which i put down all of the dates that she had tours all the music video dates that she recorded you know talk shows places she had done photo shoots and in the in talking with the producers and and songwriters we go back to, they verify the days that things were recorded. They go back to old emails. They go back to times where they flew specifically to record with Britney. We have all those dates, and we're going to be putting more information out with the original Doll uh, podcast on the, on the website. But at this point in her career, Britney Spears was not given a lot of break time. And many of the songwriters and producers talked about how she was a hard worker. She was also tired she had to go from here to there to there to here and it started playing a toll or paying a toll on her and that's the sad part because we wanted more and more britney but that ultimately was at the cost of her free time and this is where everything started shifting and the thing to remember is she was still going to the studio and with almost everyone i talked to that worked with her in the studio they said she came in did her job. She got in there, Did she wanted to make sure she wasn't wasting anyone's time. After the In The Zone era, when we talk about Circus and Femme Fatale and the, um, you know, Danger Rodney Jerkins album and Britney Jean and everything like that, where there was definitely a, okay, music songwriters, producers, you only get Britney for X amount of time, she has to leave. So they were making her learn these songs in like no amount of time you know in one of the previous episodes we heard she was given 20 minutes to record a song she'd never heard before so she went in there and had to listen to somebody else singing it in her headphones so she can try to sing along with it with the lyrics in front of her 
it's never going to sound perfect when it first comes out. Any of us, if I say, hey, here's the song, listen to it, and in two minutes we're going to start recording you singing it, that's difficult. And sometimes your voice does not want to work. And we hear in public, like how after, you know, the Britney album, In the Zone, Blackout, that you heard less and less of Britney really singing. Not saying she doesn't sing anymore. But then there's a lot of, you know, uh, bells and whistles that go into creating a sound, that femme fatale, super um, computerized version. And in the episode with Anthony Preston, we talk about the fact that she didn't want to sound like the femme fatale era at all. She wanted to be the complete opposite. She didn't want all of these computerized sounds and things like that on there. She wanted to go back to her. She wanted that follow-up album to be more her than not. And once again, you come in with the, she's only given this many days to record this, or she has to record it, or you have to fly to Vegas to record it. There's a lot of stuff, and in more and more episodes coming out, we'll talk about that. But the thing to remember is this. We can talk about your favorite song that you like, your least favorite song, the producer, the demo that you like. But don't forget, Britney Spears is a person. These songwriters, Josh, is a person. Everyone has highs, everyone has lows. They still had a job to do, and don't forget that. This is work. They're getting paid for these albums that come out. And it's a shame that Britney Spears didn't get the time to enjoy the studio. And we see a shift with this with the Blackout album. When I talked to some of the songwriters and producers involved, where there was less and less free time that she had. She wanted to show she can do it herself. She wanted to show that she was, that she wasn't a puppet of some man or men that she was able to do her own thing. And I think now that we're learning more and more from the songwriters and producers, we learn that Britney Spears had a journey. And if you go back, many times people talk about that Blackout sound, how Blackout was definitive. And what's funny is, then you have these other people that are like, no, I liked In The Zone, or no, I liked the Britney album. What I can say is, when you go back and look at the songs that Britney started writing and working on from the Britney album on, you'll see more of a Britney Remove everything that wasn't, you know, written by her. Just just remove that. Think about it. Go back to that. Think about all those songs. Take a listen to those. Chances are, some of them are weird. Britney Spears is quirky. She's funky. She's offbeat. It's part of why we, we like her. Remove those songs. Take Go back to the Britney album. Remove the songs where she wasn't a songwriter on. And just listen to those songs that she was. Then go and listen to the songs that she wasn't a writer on. See if you could see a difference. Because I can. And the more and more songs that Britney was involved in, you get a little bit more of a piece of her. The songs where she wasn't really a part of it, she just went in the studio and sang, they're good songs. Are they Britney the person, or are they Britney the recording artist? And we're going to go into that over the next few weeks. So, as we just learned about New Religion, you know, Reminded, uh, Bring Back Yesterday, those were all songs that they were trying out, figuring it out, because we know that a lot of people said, wait, there's got to be more Josh and Brian songs with Britney. We just learned of three new ones. So, 
I want to give a shout out right now to my Patreon patrons. From Peter to Tyler to Tommy to Jenny to Rami to Tiffany to Frankie to Lucy to Kelly, uh, Xavier, uh, Rochelle, all of these people. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. Uh, without you all, this podcast would not exist. So if you do want to support the podcast, please, 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 first and foremost, tell people about them. Tell them to add us on Instagram. And remember, every question a guest answers, we get items donated to charity. Every first listen we get on Apple Podcast, we also get items donated to charity. We've been able to help out a bunch of people, so thank you so much. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and leave you here with one of my favorite uh, collaborations between Brittany and uh, Josh Schwartz. So I'll go ahead and I'll say see you on the flip side. <laughs>